Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out. What if the most unique Seahawks preview show in the multiverse? I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Join me out on Twitter at Clinton Bon. I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. And of course, we have the protector of the Seahawks multiverse, Mr. Phil Lydic. And I want to set the stage. If you don't know what if, this is when we look at all the traverses, what could happen. And listen, at two and three, fellas, it's not been the best year so far, but can you remember a year in recent history where it's like, this could go anywhere? Like, which which way can this go? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this, this, this could take a lot of turns. So before we turn to Mr. Phil to, to meander us through the turns of, of this upcoming game versus Pittsburgh, Brandon, you know, we're at two and three, the macro sense. How are you feeling man to man here? I, I do feel that I've asked myself, what if about <laughs> a number of things this week? And so I'm, I'm really curious to see where Phil takes us because there's a number of roads that we could go down today. Yeah, we could go down the, the diagnostics of learning about a mallet finger, knowing way too much about that now. Right. So that's, that's a thing. Uh, but let's, let's not, Let's not, you know, uh, let's not over, overdo it here. Let's let's get it. Let's get going. Let's get it to the protector himself, Mr. Phil Lydic. Phil, I know you were at the Rams game. You know, we didn't get the result we wanted, and clearly things kind of went south from there. Yes, I I am thankful that I don't have to take any kind of credit or blame. I I did hear Adam say that none of us fans are responsible for this game. So, so that made me feel a lot better. I, I was wondering if I needed to retire my Largent jersey or something like that, if it, it just lost its luster. But then Adam no. said that, and I was like, yeah, there was other factors. Certainly, I wish every time it said Rams on the schedule, it would just end up being the 49ers instead. Uh, I just feel a lot better playing the 49ers with Carol and Russ than the Rams for obvious reasons. But I really want to look forward because that's what the show is all about and taking it one week at a time. And really, the multiverse goes in so many directions when for the very, very first time, even in the history of the great Brandon's podcasting, we are preparing for a show without one Mr. Russell Wilson. It's yet to take place. So what ifs run the gamut? There are a multiplicity of outcomes as we consider Talked to the watcher and he said my mind would explode if I heard all the different ways this the scenarios could go within the multiverse. Not a huge fan, not a huge fan of the timeline we we landed in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why did you put us on this timeline this time? Although That's... at least we didn't land in the 0 and 8 one that was predicted by ESPN. That like this at least feels a little bit better than that. This is about as difficult as we might have expected as fans, but that's all part of the fun, right? I mean, if there wasn't if there wasn't risk, if there wasn't emotional risk to it, we couldn't have the joy of look how we've overcome, right? And so there are some 
exciting things that could take place as we have this blank canvas of a new starter. So we get right into what if. You guys ready for some what if as as we uh, prepare to introduce what's going on here? Absolutely. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's do it. Guys, are ready? All right. So we're playing the Steelers, and I don't know about you guys. Stellars. Stellars. Call Stellars. I'm not Stellars. I just spell it one way. I don't know about other Seahawks fans, but uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm bitter about Super Bowl 40, but you know, it, I'm bitter. somehow that never went away. And every once in a while, uh, this one little guy kind of shows up in my mind. Maybe we all are familiar with his voice. He's <laughs> I couldn't even watch that without thinking about the Steelers, S-T-E-A-L-E-R-S. And so as I thinking, what if preparing to play the Steelers, the S-T-E-A-L-E-R-S Steelers, what if they stole it? What if they stole it? The thieves, the filchers, the robbers, the pilferers, the pillagers, <laughs> the bandits, the poachers, the abductors, the corsairs and burglars. What if they stole it? So we've got stolen hearts, stolen jewels and stolen hopes this is episode six it is an even numbered episode even numbered episodes means mr bonner will be taking the first question wow let me just let me just say phil like you you've set up like for me this like great muppet caper that's that's the vibe i'm getting so i'm getting a a real good muppets vibe and if, if you're vibing that way i'm a, I'm a okay muppets so, could have bravo. been beautiful the muppets could have been beautiful uh you have what if you guessed wrong but that's okay uh, didn't quite uh, i didn't quite go there with the muppets but it is it is definitely a what if and uh we're gonna start with stolen hearts stolen hearts being a good thing because we want our hearts stolen by some of the characters we're gonna think about here what if we fall in love with beautiful offense on sunday night it's a dark evening little candlelight some seahawk football <laughs> going on some magic taking place on offense how can Shane Waldron steal our hearts by making Gino look good against this team that's actually pretty bad against wide receivers? I went on Football Outsiders and, and looked at some DVOA uh, situations. They're 24th against number ones and 27th against other wide receivers. They're kind of average against tight ends around 13th. But how can Shane, Mr. Waldron, how can he steal our hearts against this not so great defense against wide receivers, Mr. Clinton. So I like the idea that they are 27th against number ones. Cause I still look at the Seahawks and go, we got two number ones. Yeah. So we, we, we got, we got two of them. So I'm not sure if that adds up to, you know, uh, 54, if that's how that works with DVOA or not, but, but we, but we have two number ones. So the way in which the hearts can be stolen with Gino back there is can, now I know it's a little bit of passing the medicine on, but the Robert Woods medicine that we had to drink Ugh, all game, my goodness. all game where, where it's the middle of the field and it's sitting between zones. Yeah. If, if Metcalf is doing his thing, which is, we know what he's going to do. And I keep on hearing that, like, like I heard a couple of times this week that like, oh, they're expecting a big game for Metcalf. And that's, that's natural because of the way that um, Gino was looking at Metcalf and the drives that he had, the touchdown to Metcalf, et cetera, et cetera. And I get that Gino is not going to have the, the sexy deep balls. That's not, his, that's not his jam. He's not that accurate of a deep ball passer. It's just not what he does. But, he, but I think he's okay enough, maybe even good, on the, the, in, the, in the intermediate. And to me, that's screaming Tyler Lockett sitting down in zones, doing his best Robert Woods. If we can get one of those, you know, 
14 target, 12 reception Tyler Lockett games that come out every now and again, that is one way in which my heart could be taken with this new offense. That's my, that's my jam. The thing I'm leaning toward in this is Shane Waldron stealing our hearts because this, this is his opportunity now. Yes, it now is. he doesn't have Russell Wilson. It, now it's making it more difficult on our offensive coordinator. And if he comes out and Gino is running this offense smoothly, like he did on that 98 yard touchdown drive. Yes. If, if we see multiple drives like that, where they're just methodically moving down the field, then uh, a lot of Seahawks fans, they're going to have their hearts stolen by Shane Waldron. Absolutely. I'm hoping for it. I was there and we were just, Gino, Gino. It was, it was all around. I was like, this is a little bit like a baseball game, but, but we were digging it. And we actually thought he was going to bring him back down there until that pick, right? On that final drive. But uh, we all did Phil. We all, we did. all did. Oh man. Okay. I'd love to see Mr. Waldron steal our hearts. How about this? How about this? And on the other side of the football, Pittsburgh's been a one dimensional offense. I should say O-line. If, according to football outsiders, their O-line is 30th when it comes to run blocking bad pass blocking they've been a little bit better now there's a statue they're trying to protect so a lot of the the, the sack situations would be more on him their pass blocking is around 11th so it's like bottom of the upper third but their run blocking has been atrocious so what if the hawks d-line can keep pittsburgh as one-dimensional as they've been how will this matter to us if we are able to make them one dimensional? What's that going to look like? This to me, I think, is the biggest key of the game, Phil, is making the Steelers one dimensional. And the reason why they won against the Broncos last week is that they they couldn't do that. They actually the Steelers got the run game going yeah. against the Broncos, and it seemed to make everything work a whole lot better for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. And so to me, the one dimensionality, again, it, it goes toward shutting down that run. And the way this defense has been operating, if they can make a team one dimensional, especially a team like the Steelers and, and slow down Najee Harris, the, the rookie. Yeah, because Juju Smith Schuster's going to be out this game. Claypool and Washington are both are both unsure, right? I think Claypool is going to play. Yeah. OK, but he's one guy. That, you know, when you're making a team one dimensional, okay, Claypool can have a decent day and I think the Seahawks can survive, but they can't allow Najee Harris to get going and allow Claypool to get going and then allow them to work in what other guys they have. I I think, I think the key to this is stopping the run. And so that is uh, what I hope the Seahawks can do. So I've been actually impressed with Najee Harris because he doesn't seem to have blocking but he's still he's still averaging like four yards a carry. Yeah. Like so, there I've you know I didn't I'm not I'm not watching a ton of Steelers, but when I do go back and watch some highlights, it's like it's like Najee Harris getting hit two yards deep, but still making something of these plays. So I'm like, damn, this guy's you know he's a piece, he's impressing me. Um, he's getting a ton of targets too, by the way. He's getting a lot a lot of targets back yes. there. The piece for me is is making them one dimensional. Is you know we say the pass blocking is eleventh. I think a lot of that is because Ben's getting rid of the ball in like one and a half seconds. He is not holding the ball at all. Everything's really, really short. You know, like tons of it. Most of it's really, really short stuff. So, Fryer Muth, or however you say his name, he's been 
doing pretty well. Is that right? Well, him and yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, because they go smooth when he, when he touches the ball for sure. So <laughs> and between him and Harris, you know, they get and Deontay, you know, uh, Deontay Johnson gets a lot of targets himself, kind of a target monster. Um, so I don't think the Juju piece is really all that important. I think he's a at this point, which is crazy to say, but like he's a very replaceable three in this offense, which is just nuts compared to what he was a couple of years ago. But but to answer the question, I think it's about, you know, the way to make him one dimensional, I think, is knocking Roethlisberger in his teeth a couple of times early. Just like getting he's old, man. He's old. He doesn't like to be hit. He gets rid of the ball really, really quickly. So if they're attempting anything downfield, just you know, letting Taylor get some more reps sending Jamal on more, more blitzes, like let him, let him just go at this point. Let's send it. Let's get Alton Robinson some, you know, some more, more attacks on, on the guys. That's where I think we could get them off kilter really, really early in the game. So that's what I'd like to see is kind of just punch a big bend in the mouth early, hopefully often. And then we actually, you know, start to get a 10 point lead and it's going to be difficult for a team like that that just doesn't score that much to make a comeback so if you're going to channel them toward a dimension if you're going to steal a heart so to speak you're thinking more take away the deep game by pressure force them to do dump offs handoffs screen short game stuff just just remove the entire idea of deep stuff by pressuring ben versus brandon was thinking more along just stick with hitting them at their weak point, make sure they can't run and be forced to only pass. Very good. Well, that'll move us kind of into, as we look at some stolen jewels, I'm talking about treasures, valuables here. What if they stole it? Um, some of our jewelry. What if they're pretty much bad quarterback? Roethlisberger's 22nd by DVOA this year, and he's got some decent receiving options. Mentioned the, the tight end and the one receiver. What if they steal a ton of grass because we keep leaving the gate open? How can we bury the treasure? And you know what I mean is, you know, they're getting a lot of grass. Maybe they get a lot of yards, but how can we keep them from scoring points? Well, I'm not sure that you can you know because i haven't seen it i haven't seen it so it's not that i don't want to like answer the question uh because then it, then i think it gets to be a bit like well hold them to field goals right okay that's that's okay um we haven't I, done great at that but yeah that that's that's the challenge too is like no we have not they have people have, have converted when they get their chances i you know brandon you and i talked about it last time about just like can we get some more of that that dime out there the big nickel whatever whatever how would they phrase it getting our speed guys out there to contest what, you know, Chase Claypool, he's good. Deontay Johnson, he's good. Najee Harris is good. Um, allowing them to eat up Jordan Brooks, eat up like a base defense where they could just sit in things. I just, I, they, I think they can move the ball downfield in us. And I, and I think it'd be very difficult to, to keep them off the scoreboard. So it's just, for me, it's, it is, it is that, can we get Blair flying? Can we get, can we get Ryan Neal out there? Can we see more Ryan Neal? Can we game plan to have that guy in? I don't know. Like last two games ago, we were all enamored and we were like, hey, let's see more Ryan Neal. And we got almost none of him. So I don't know what they're game planning. I just hope it involves number 26. What's the downside with Neal? Like, why not have him out there? I don't I don't quite get it. But uh... yeah, I think a lot of us are asking that same question this week. No idea. See, when I think of stolen jewels, I, I think of this this one primary jewel that is on the field. Uh, for 100% of the time, 
uh, kind of an oblong shape. The football, yeah, and, that was yeah the football. Oh, I like that. That was the next uh, question a little bit, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Well, the, well, the Seahawks haven't done a great job of stealing that uh, on defense, <laughs> and Key so moments. I think I think stealing that jewel it helps the defense, uh, you know, keep keep the Steelers from stealing that grass. That was our best hope last year, I noticed. And in fact, early in the game, the reason we kept points off right in front of me where I was sitting, uh, Diggs had that pick right there in the red zone. Things like that, obviously, can give them grass without the big treasure. We can bury the treasure and protect it. So, continuing with stolen jewels, here is the concern I have. And I think probably most of us, if we're being honest here, um, what if Gino starts to be a turnover machine mm -hmm. because that's been the tendency. How can they help him overcome if we start to see things going in that direction during this game? Yes, we can. Uh, we have to hope that Chris Carson is back and healthy and playing in this game. Yes. Because the, if, if you can't rely on Geno Smith protecting the ball, then you have to rely on Chris Carson protecting the football and moving it on the ground and and really shifting to more of a run-oriented team, which, you know, that it could be the way that, one, it helps this offense to move down the field more to keep that time of possession, to keep the defense off the field, and just make it so you don't have to get in that kind of... Because my concern is that, man, if the Steelers get up on this Seahawks team early... Then it's you're relying. It, we went through the same thing with Tavares Jackson. Mm. You know, if if he was behind one or two scores, it was over because he would get in that mode of okay, I got to bring this team back. Hero but ball. then that's when he would start spraying it all over the field, and it would lead to more picks, and then it would lead to more points for the other team. So they can't allow that to happen early to where they get behind. And uh, and I and so I think Chris Carson is going to be. A necessary piece to this offense so you're taking us to a galaxy far far away and saying chris carson you're our only hope almost <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe all right what do you got clinton well you know i think this is like an addition into what brandon's saying um versus like an opposite uh attract here so this might be the most pete carroll of all pete carroll games right this might be exactly what pete carroll always wants to do right keep it close control the clock don't take too many chances downfield, protect the ball, et cetera, et cetera, protect that jewel. Um, the, the way, like in addition to what Brand's saying is, listen, we saw Gino been calling for us to do this, rip down a read option and keep the ball. Yep. We saw we saw Gino execute that and, and execute a screen. So like the little short on time things that are extremely low risk, right? So, and again, this is to the question is, what if he's trending towards a turn? You know, let's say it's uh, he's putting the ball the in six. dangerous yeah. places. Yeah, exactly. Whether, whether it's being picked off or not, or but maybe it's like, oof, yeah, oof, oofy toofy. That should, should have been a turnover. Um, I want to see I want to see the man use his legs. I want to see him like rip the ball down and go get six, seven, eight, 12 yards, move the chains with his legs, because it is I understand his quarterback's age. They don't want to do that as much anymore. That's fine. Um, and Russ had over 500 yards rushing last year, but they were not planned rushes. He just was, he's still damn good at scrambling is what, what that boiled down to. I want a little bit of the threat of the planned rush from the quarterback. It's low risk and 
he's enough of an athlete that I think he could still move the chains. And don't you feel like Gino's, he looked like he's got some skill on the screen game. So maybe we can see some of that a little bit. Now, I, I have some bad news for both of you uh, based, <laughs> based on the things that we've talked about. I'll start with Geno Smith for one. Running the ball has never been a huge part of his game. Yeah. I, that, I mean, that first season, he had 366 rushing yards, and I, that was his rookie season. Yeah. And then just 238 after that. And so I, I don't think that that has really been a big part of his game. The second thing, injury report for Thursday, Chris Carson sat out. DK Metcalf sat out. Oh, this morning they said he was going to practice. Okay, yeah. so oh, that that so you that put the great. hope there, Brandon, and then stole it from us. <laughs> Chris Carson, your only hope. Oh, you're not you're not going to play. Which Alex Collins, you're our only hope. Okay, well we're going to stolen hopes. Yeah. That's the third <laughs> yeah. point. So I mean, you knew how I, to I set feel, that up. I, I feel like only. I'm using the word only loosely. Only maybe oh, maybe well, yeah, the only and, and hope. Often. <laughs> Okay. Well, stolen oh, hopes, man. stolen hopes is the third category here. Both of these two and three teams, I mean, the trajectory of the season's possibilities, they, this this game could have some impact on how we feel, how the teams feel. They both need to win badly here. What if the Seahawks steal another road victory? I mean, they've been stealing. They've been stealing games on the road for a couple seasons here. This time in that horrible land of mustard and ketchup, the stadium named <laughs> after ketchup where they fling around their mustard hankies everywhere. I mean, you feel like you just need a burger and fries with that. A lot place. of mustard fans in Pittsburgh for some reason. Mustard and ketchup and ketchup and mustard everywhere. Well, if we can steal a road victory in this land of mustard and ketchup, who will be the hero on offense and defense? And so for the what if they stole it, our fantastic filters. Who will be our fantastic filters, Brandon? Offense and defense for us to steal in mustard and ketchupville. Can I can I say the offensive line is a collective group because it is this Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line and TJ Watt that worries me quite a bit. Because if they can have a big game, if they can shut down Geno, if they can shut down the run, I do think that uh, any possibility for stealing any kind of hope for victory on the road is going to be dashed. And and so if we are able to steal this win on the road, I think we're going to be pointing toward that offensive line. You know, Brandon Shell, uh, Gabe Jackson, Dwayne Brown as really the keys to the victory against the Steelers. Opening holes of hope for whoever our only hope is. Right, Brandon? We need lots of open open holes of hope okay clinton what do you got i asked for a hero on offense and defense but since he took the whole offensive line maybe we'll let you pick one from each side clinton all right oh so and and i you know and, and just to say like we talked about it, the offensive line i thought played pretty well last week yeah. didn't think that didn't think that was on it them looked pretty yeah. good no the, i i looked, could pick somebody okay. on defense too i i just i had just finished with the offense you yeah but yeah you why, why don't you why don't you bookend this thing uh nicely here so I think I already did pick my hero. Now the the challenge on offense, what we just heard from you, Brandon, is if if we're down DK, if he sat out, which he did today, um, that's that's another gigantic blow. However, I'm going to pretend pretend like I didn't hear it, like many like like many things in life, and just keep on keep on going forward. 
I'm still going Tyler Lockett. And the reason, like I said earlier, I think he could have that that big blow up game. Going to be very difficult without the the second number one there uh, with with DK. But Tyler's my hero on offense. Defense quickly. This man hasn't played a snap yet. Yet I'm going Trey Brown. I'm going Trey Brown to come in there. We got you know Flowers is now a distant memory. Um, we will see what's happening with Sydney. We're going to get some Trey Brown. And by the way, maybe that's Trey Brown, I don't know, on a kickoff return also, right? Mm. So some other ways that that the man named Trey could get involved. Our yeah, well, he's the filter. only Trey left on the team now. So now he can keep all the glory to Trey to himself. That's true. That's, it. That's true. So, well, Brandon, did you, did you have my, a uh, my defensive, defensive guy player? Well? Yeah, my defensive player is Daryl Taylor because he's a guy that I, I think now a few games into the season and the number of sacks the man has on what is it? The, the fewest number of snaps, like the, the ratio of actual yeah. snaps to sacks, like he's doing better than anybody else in the league right now. And so analytically minded Pete Carroll looks at that and says, Hey, maybe we should play this guy more. And they actually do. And he is able to put that pressure on big Ben to where we say that's our hero on the defense. We'll write it down. Fantastic filters from Brandon, offensive line, Daryl Taylor. And then from Clinton, we have Tyler Lockett, the key to access and deep away this victory for us as well on the defense. He's looking for Trey Brown out of nowhere, sneaking in on that, sneaking around uh, to take this victory for us. So one more, one more stolen hope. What if the Steelers we haven't hit this angle yet, but I know a lot of us are thinking about it. What if the Steelers come out expecting that they only need to stop our run game to win? How can the Hawks best dash those hopes? So, you know, when I, when I hear basically we're going to take, we're going to make the Seahawks one dimensional and put the ball in Geno's head. They're going right? to eat in the boxes. By, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that mean, that means eight in the box, you know, the way to beat that are the quick hitters. To me, that means give me some 12 personnel. Give me some, give me some Everett, give me some Uncle Will, and let's just seam them to death. You know, if that if if they're putting eight in the box and they're really and, and we could play action commit, and they are they're, they're you know, we're freezing some linebackers and we can go just right over that first layer and go chunk by chunk by chunk. Again, it's like, can we give back a little bit of bit of that horrible medicine? we've been seeing for a couple of weeks now that can we just get into those zones, into the nooks and crannies and, and make it work for us. If they're going to overcommit to stopping maybe Carson, maybe the Lord of the pants there, regardless, like then I want our tight ends to have a much more significant part of this game. Tight ends will be key. Uh, if we can get, if, if DK is not available to play for some reason, then Tyler Lockett is going to be key. Penny Hart. Man, we saw him on the end around yeah. play where it looked so quick. If they can get him involved where they have to be concerned with him and that potential that he could get around the outside and turn the corner, then then that should help open it up a little bit in the middle too, to to keep that run. So a lot more motion, uh, a little bit of Penny Hart involved. If they can if they can show that early and get the Steelers a little bit off balance. That's where I'm going with that. Chances to dash some hopes, steal some hopes. I believe there's a great chance they're going to set out to absolutely remove the run from the game and force Gino to prove it. So he should have an opportunity early on to prove that he can overcome with hopefully some of those little dinks and dunks 
hopefully Shane already expects it, has some plans to bring them wide, just like you, just like both of you say. I think that's a great chance to to dash some of their hopes there. Well, anything to add, gentlemen? I would just say like it's it's at least interesting, right? It's uh there are my my brother's a huge Patriots fan legit like i grew up in new york he didn't have a reason to be they were terrible when he was a kid he's a legit legit pats fan you know this year for him when they got mac jones i was like how are you feeling about it he's like he's like well i'm excited he's like i'm, I'm it's just, it, it's just new it's interesting so i think it was back to your first question to the top there phil like what if you know what if gino looks pretty good in this offense like what and now by the way that might open up some other pandora's box for uh for the return of, of russell which could be interesting but I think the type of quarterback Gino is and the type of offense Waldron wants to run, they actually pair pretty well together. So I'm ex- so the word for me is I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm a, a little bit excited, but also a little bit terrified yeah. over <laughs> about about what the rest of the season could mean for us. I mean, just based off of some of the commentary that I'm already seeing three days after Russell Wilson goes down. Uh, I don't know if I can take more of that for the rest of the season. <laughs> Just keep listening to our show. We'll try to paint the positive. What if picture, how to enjoy each and oh, every I, week. I don't need to, I don't necessarily need to be overwhelmed with positivity either. Yes. I just, I, I want some, some realism. Yes. Just not the, the negativity for negativity's sake. Just to be negative. Right. Yeah. Like there's a way to watch a game even when, you know, the expectations for the overall season could come down. The truth is three and three sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? Than two and four. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and to, to Brandon's point real quick, like I think the things that are interesting on the, on the negativity for negativity's sake is like, there's, there's this sentiment of, what if Gino's too good? You know, like, like, like literally people are like, people are talking like, what, like what if he performs oh, too well? No. Right? And what does that mean for Russ's, you know, comeback? And, 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 and you no, know, nobody goes to the point of, Oh, there, they would bench Russ and not bring him back, but it goes automatically to, Ooh, it would expose everything that's wrong with Russ. And the rift, would, this rift would only get, you know, wider and wider still. There's a lot of that out there. there. There's a chunk of the fan base that doesn't want Gino to do too well. Like they literally exist. Well, the, I, of- I think there, I think there's something to that, but I think that the likelihood of that happening is low. Yes. I think the, the bigger likelihood is that we see just how important that Russell Wilson is to the Seahawks team. Yes, I, I agree. There's a ton I to agree. learn no matter what happens, right? I mean, if Gino handles some things that can be, shown and Russ can pay attention and say, wow, there's a couple things that Gino did. And I don't think there's anything that Gino can do that Russ cannot do. There may be a few things that Gino will do because he's forced to, because he doesn't have Russ's long range skills. There'll be some things that I think Gino might be able to accomplish just because he's not as good as Russ. And if Russ can notice a few of those things and say, you know, I can do that too. Cause I, I I'm confident anything Gino can do, Russ can pretty much do it better. Except for screen passes, except for maybe screen passes. Yes. <laughs> so if, if there can be a few things learned, th- th- there's potential Gino just hangs in here. If he gets two out of three, 
let's all give him high fives and be thankful for what he does. And then watch how Russ comes back and does it ever the more better. I mean, he's just going to be steaming to go out and show how important he is, no matter what happens. If we lose them all, Russ is going to try to prove that he can bring us back and get us into the playoffs. If Gino wins them all, Russ is going to come out and show how everything that Gino did, I can do that and more. Either way, it's going to be good for our deal. I'd like to subscribe to your podcast, Mr. Phil. That's good. All right. Well, we need three and three. So, And by the way, I do want to say on air, congrats to the number 350th podcast for the Seahawkers podcast. Nicely done. I love how how Adam just like within the first 30 seconds, just like he just dismisses it. He's like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, it's it's about us this week. Nothing else. He's ready for ranting. Yes. And a a classic rant. If If anybody out there doesn't freaking know the Seahawkers podcast, like where this all began and you want a episode to understand what it's all about. Go listen to episode 350 a couple of minutes in, and you'll thank me later. Adam got off one of his legendary rants this week at Pete Carroll. So if you are feeling any kind of negativity toward Pete Carroll and frustration, I think you'll identify with that. Because uh, I know, I know. It I was didn't. classic, man. It was classic. It was, it was funny. When, when the cat flip. So I, so real quick story. Like I, I drive my kids to school in the morning and often I'll have the podcast on and, and it's usually Seahawks podcast with the kids in the car. And one of my, my son will be like, is this the catfish one? Is this the catfish guys? And then, so this one yeah. was, you know, and, and Carol, catfish, yes. the catfish. And my, my son just in the backseat, just chuckling at it so at the at the very least br- br- joy bringing to the world here with the uh with the catfish bomb my boys great. call it the catfish show as well when we listen to it as well. <laughs> yep, no doubt uh well if you want to be a part of this show and the catfish show and and the flock uh that we call it you can go to patreon.com slash flock at the start of the show clinton says you can find me out on twitter don't do that i'm not there right now it's uh, I'm taking a break. Twitter is a bad place right now. <laughs> oh, you're, you're taking a little mental break from Twitter. Just a little. No, I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm just just don't come find me. OK, gotcha. Gotcha. Don't don't add him on Twitter. Just, you know, maybe send him an email or, or you know, better yet, get in the discord. Right. There you we, go. We like the discord. Let's yeah. chat in the discord. Get in the flock dot com. Patreon dot com slash flock. Uh, lots of ways to get involved. All right, man. Let's make it three in a row against the Steelers. Three in a row against the Steelers. What if we say go Hawks? Go Hawks. Go Hawks. I wasn't very enthusiastic. Go Hawks! Fine! Go Hawks! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>